Hey everyone, this is Stephen with a quick note about this episode. Episode 14 of the Pixel Power Podcast was originally recorded on the road with my mobile recording equipment. In the episode, I mentioned that I was not able to edit the episode before posting. I couldn't take it. When I got back to my home studio, I dumped the raw warts and all audio file into Audacity and did a bit of editing. I hope you enjoy this updated version with several issues and errors removed. Welcome to a warts and all episode of the Pixel Power Podcast. I'm actually broadcasting or recording. I'm not really broadcasting, but I'm recording from parts unknown. I've been traveling for the past week uh, at work uh, or with work and I had an opportunity to bring some equipment with me, as I mentioned last time, and wanted to tell you a little bit about what my recording setup looks like. I'm not happy with it. I will say that. But I will let you know that uh, there's no editing on this audio, so it is going to be very raw and rough. It's not going to be out of the studio as it normally is. Uh, Bear with me as I work through some of the hiccups, and there may be some pauses as I look at things uh, and make sure I have the right information. So let me tell you about my recording setup that I have. So I have the Pixelbook. I'm actually recording on the Pixelbook. I'm actually recording using an Android app called HiQ MP3 Recorder. It uh, is rated very highly in the Android store. I do like it because I have it on my phone and I do have it on the Pixelbook. So if you're looking for an Android app to record, I would recommend that one. I'll try and put a link to that in the show notes whenever I create those. Those will be a little bit late. We'll talk about those. However, The reason I had to use the Android app is because there's not really, or at least I haven't found a really great way to record in Chrome OS. I am looking for suggestions from folks out there. I don't really want to use a a web-based recorder because I fear that, especially when you're traveling, you might lose a Wi-Fi connection and then that will kill your recording. So I couldn't find anything that I, I trusted in the Chrome OS store. So that's why I'm running an Android app to record, which you gotta love that. We have access to Android apps for that feature. I was also surprised because, I guess I shouldn't have been surprised, but the Android app was easily able to find the connected devices that I have to the Pixelbook. So let me talk about the hardware connection. So I have a uh, Cytechi USB-C adapter that includes another USB-C port for charging only, uh, USB-C. It also includes, I'm looking around the corner here, it includes two USB um, connectors. So I actually, in one of the USB ports, have a, a Samson portable microphone. That's what you're hearing right now. It's a pretty good microphone. It's not great. I, I may get like a Yeti or something of a little bit better quality to throw in the bag. This is just one I've happened to have for years, and I, I'm sure there are better models. And then I also have my USB headsets connected into the other USB-C on the Pixelbook so that I can have feedback and listen to the audio. Actually, I'm not listening to this live through the headphones, but when I test my audio recording, I can check it. So that's kind of the uh, the setup that we're using. Again, I've played around with the settings. It's not the best quality. It's not going to have that deep bass that I like for my voice normally. So I'm going to sound probably a little more nasally. Plus, I think I am a little more nasally for my travels. So that's kind of the equipment that I'm using. I will put a picture in the show notes so that you'll see that a little bit later. Let me also say that this episode is not going to be um, focused on any one thing. There's a lot the just observations that I had this last week, and I want to talk about those, and then we're going to follow up with some news. So it should be a shorter episode, which I know many of you like the shorter episode. So let's kind of run through the uh, 
addendum right now and in the addendum also my observations. So we talked about the mobile recording setup that I have, but I also decided to run a little bit of a test during my travels. I had to drive um, quite, a, quite a distance and I broke out my old Motorola Nexus 6. Some of you may remember from previous episodes that I, I had a Motorola Nexus 6 and I have a Google Fi SIM dropped in it. I use that when I run because I don't want to take my Pixel 3 with me when I run. So I do have a phone that has data SIM in it. So when I'm running and I usually use the Nike uh, Run app, I get data, I get map information, I will get... Hangouts messages, which is kind of useful. And if I need to stop somewhere and pull maps or get information, I can do that. So I have kept my Nexus 6 in use. And what I decided to do was instead of using my Pixel 3 for navigation, I had a old Nexus car dock that uh, I docked the phone in. I plugged in the old USB um, mini display or mini port and uh, got power to it. Um, that was interesting going back to that old connector and trying to remember which way is up and which way is down because normally I, ch I charge it on a Qi charger at home in between runs so it's ready to go that way. Uh, so plugging it in was kind of a, a challenge and what I decided to do is just see what was the experience, what the, what's the difference between the old Nexus 6, Nexus 6 and the Pixel 3 and oh my gosh is there such a difference. Now granted the Nexus 6 that I'm running here is running Android 7, so I'm missing some of the features like split screen. Android Auto does run. One of the things I noticed immediately, though, is I, I remembered when I was using this in the car how much I really like the Nexus 6 OLED screen. It is still just a beautiful screen, rock solid. Uh, but where the Nexus falls short is, wow, I can't believe how slow it is to react to touches, multitasking is very rough on it, and charging just takes forever. Really gotten uh, spoiled with the USB-C charging. But anyway, I decided to use it. I put Waze on there, and I used the phone going down there and back just so I could experience what it used to be like using the Nexus 6. And it, you know, it, it actually was fine. Uh, it's just what you get used to, and uh, I was able to get through some of the slow points without any problems. But this is still just a, a great little phone, and I'm surprised after all these years this thing is functioning as well as it is. So that was just a little test I decided to do. I still have a little bit of my journey left tomorrow and uh, plan on plugging that back in and using it. Oh, and I should say, I was also running Spotify and Pocket Cast at the same time I was running Waze. So I was multitasking between the two. So it was, again, with it having the Google Fi data sim in, in it, uh, what I did like is I wasn't going to get a phone call. So that's pretty cool. Now, as I talk about that, though, I also want to talk about messages versus Hangouts if you are a Google Fi user. And I'm, I'm still just, I wish Google would do something about this. Pick one. I was using Messages um, to get all my text messages, but I moved back to Hangouts because um, with the Google Fi SIM, if I'm using Hangouts on the Nexus 6, I can get my text messages. If I use Messages and turn off the SMS feature of Hangouts, in Google Fi, then I no longer get texts on uh, my other devices and Hangouts, including the Nexus 6. So I did go back from Messages back to Hangouts, and I think I'm going to stay there a while. Until Google and Google Fi figures out this system, I'm going to stay in Hangouts for all my text messaging, and I do like that it's consolidating my text messaging and my Google Hangouts friends and family that are in there. 
So just another observation there that I thought I would share. Also this last week, I finally, finally, I think it was like February 20th, got the February security update for the Pixel 3. So that's rocking and rolling on my Pixel 3. So I don't have to worry about security. Also want to talk about our Google group quickly. There was a question asked about Philips Hue bulbs and they're disconnecting with the Google Home Hub. If you have had experience with that and can provide an answer, we'd love for you to drop into the Google group and tell us what that answer is. Uh, tried to work on that a little bit uh, via email and could not remember. I had that problem, couldn't figure it out. But basically what's happening is uh, one of our users, and I've, I, I apologize, I think it's Mark, I'm not sure, I should, I should have pulled that up, my apologies, but one of our listeners uh, actually asked, um, did anybody else have their Google Home Hub losing connection to their Philips Hue bulbs? So if you get a chance and can pop in there and uh, help us check that and troubleshoot that, we would appreciate it. I've tried everything we could do, and uh, I'm not sure if we got it working or not. The other thing this week that I learned about was the uh, password checkup extension for Chrome. I would recommend all of you go now to the Chrome Web OS store and download the password checkup extension for Chrome on your Pixelbook. What it does is it, it looks for data breach detections with the passwords. So what it'll do is look at the passwords that you're using, compare that to a database of breached data and tell you if your password has been compromised. Again, just go out there, install it, try it, log into a few sites, see how it's going, and uh, it'd be a great way to check uh, the security of your passwords. Highly recommended. You can always disable it later or uninstall. Last time I think I mentioned uh, Chrome OS uh, versions, and um, I wanted to just be sure that I was clear. The beta channel is Chrome OS 73, that's what I'm running, and then the stable channel is 72. I may have mixed those up last week, so I wanted to correct that this week. Also this week, Gmail and Contacts, new versions of those apps roll out on my phone. I thought the only feature we were getting was new material design, which I finally have that. I know several of you have been waiting for that as well because you emailed me and said, you know, I don't have the material design yet. You should have that now, so I'll be anxious to hear if you have that. One of the things, though, is it did come with a neat feature that I like. It's now easier to tap between accounts in Gmail or contacts if you're using multiple accounts to manage your contacts. You simply tap in the upper right-hand corner, the little icon that's either your, your a picture of you if you've set it up that way, and then you can easily switch before. It used to be we had to go to the hamburger button and scroll up and do all kinds of wiggly wigglies with our hands, but it's much easier now, and that feature alone, I, I really appreciated the updates. I do like the material design as well. It's taking some getting used to, because that's just not ubiquitous across all apps. I wish more and more apps would, would take advantage of that because I love what way you can use that material design. You can flip that over to dark mode. That is really nice. Another thing that happened this week, while I was traveling, I got an email from Google Fi and it said, hey, your $200 Black Friday credit just arrived. And uh, I don't know if you remember in the past episode, back around Black Friday, when I bought my Pixel 3, I bought it on a Black Friday deal, and it said, if you activate, you would get $200. I wasn't sure if I was going to get that $200 because I wasn't sure if you had to activate it under a new number, a new account. But it turns out that I got $200 Google Fi credit. Uh, and all I did was upgrade my Nexus 6 to, or I'm sorry, the, the original Pixel. I forgot I actually had a Pixel in there. My original Pixel to the new Pixel. I didn't have to get a new phone number. And I got a $200 
uh, Google Fi credit that will be applied to my next couple of bills. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, took them a while to get there, but I'm, I'm happy it came in. I actually thought maybe I wasn't going to get it. In a previous episode, uh, I talked about Android TV remotes. I have not mentioned on this podcast, but I also maintain a blog at stephencombs.com. That's S-T-E-V-E-N-C-O-M-B-S.com. And I decided to blog post the Android TV remote uh, Google Sheet I created. So if you want more information about that, you can go to stephencombs.com. You can see that I posted a link to that um, Android TV remotes features list so that everybody could look at and contribute to that. And I've actually had some people found it that way as opposed to the podcast. So um, somebody's already suggested an update to that and I'll need to make that when I get home. So again, stephencombs.com will have that. It'll be the most uh, recent post, so you'll see that. You'll also see the other types of things that I, I blog about. It's pretty geeky over there, so just be prepared. This one is really cool and I haven't tried it yet, but also over the week, uh, while I was reading some uh, news, xda-developers.com XDA posted instructions on how you can get Android widgets on your Chrome OS desktop. This sounds really interesting. I have not tried it yet. I read the article. There's a few caveats. I do need to try this, though. And uh, there's a screenshot if you go there, and I'll have a link in the show notes to this so that you can get there. But if you go to the xda-developers.com, you should see this as a recent post. Go check this out. If anybody has tried this, let me know. I'm going to give it a shot probably when I get home, uh, maybe next week. So that'll be pretty interesting. And then while I was traveling, this is a uh, Pixel-related podcast. So we we focus on Pixelbook, and I focus on Pixel Phone. I also focus on Google hardware, like the Google Home, Google Home Hub. You all know that. But Samsung had a big event last week. I am not going to go into everything that they went into. I will just say... Can you believe they released a foldable phone? A foldable phone, folks. And I have to wonder, it looked pretty good. I will say I was impressed with the looks, with the build, just from the video I saw. It's pretty pricey. I think the price was around $1,900. But it makes you wonder if, um, you know, since it uses Android, and I know Samsung puts their own spin on Android and and creates their own uh, environment for it. Uh, I'm not a big Samsung fan, phone fan. I have a family member who has one. I I haven't really liked the stuff that comes with it. I like the, the Google experience. But it would be interesting to see if uh, Google, if uh, they might be interested in a foldable phone after Samsung's uh, release of theirs. We'll have to see how popular theirs is. I think some of the use cases for it were pretty neat. If you open it up, you obviously have a much larger screen. You can have multiple windows on that screen. And almost with a keyboard would become like a really mini laptop. So it's pretty interesting. I'm not going to spend money on it. Plus, uh, I'm a pure Google guy, so uh, there, there's not going to be a Samsung in, in my house. But if somebody else uh, happens to get one of those, please let me know. I'd love to actually interview somebody who has one of these so we could do a podcast. So if you're thinking about going out and buying the Galaxy foldable phone, please contact me. We'll, we'll, we'll get an interview and we'll t- let you tell us all about it. So those are some of the observations from last week. Uh, What I want to do now is just uh, quickly, let's talk about some of the news that came out uh, during my travels this week. Android Auto news. YouTube Music is now available for Android Auto. So if you use YouTube Music to get your music, you can now uh, stream that via Android Auto and make your selections. A couple of Chrome browser editions, colorful new setup screen for the Chrome browser for new installs. So those people that install Chrome browser from scratch uh, will get a new colorful startups and setup screen. 
Also for Android, I'm looking forward to this, full dark mode support, and not just in the user interface, but it's also going to bring uh, a dark interface to the page. So if you have a white page, it'll automatically convert that for you. That's going to be coming in a future uh, version of Android. So we'll be on the lookout for that. When that's released, we will talk about that. Chrome browser, also a feature that sounds like it's coming. It's something called click to call. What you'll be able to do is in your Chrome browser, either uh, in your Pixel book or on your Pixel phone, you see a phone number, you click on it, and it will actually send a notification to your phone. Tap that notification and it'll make that call. That could be very useful. Again, it's not there yet. It's, uh, it's people are seeing it in the code, so we'll have to wait on that and see what happens. Another feature coming to Chrome OS that's not quite there yet, but it looks like it's being developed, is virtual desktops. I'm really excited about virtual desktops. I use these on my Mac also use them on a few Linux boxes I have, and I've really missed that. I do use the full screen mode, and I use the three-finger swipe on the Pixel Book, but I would love to do a, a three-finger swipe left or right to change to virtual desktop. So hopefully those will be coming in uh, version 74 or 75. Looks like it may only be limited to four currently, and you can't name them uh, the, the virtual desktops like you can on Linux. Not surprising. Uh, I would expect that, they, you know, uh, we would not be able to name. I hope that maybe we'll get more than four, but hey, I'll take four at this point. The other thing in Chrome OS, some people have been having some uh, problems using the task manager. By the way, do you all know how to bring up the task manager? A uh, little tip for you, hit search plus escape on your Pixel Book or your Chromebook if you're using that, and that'll bring up the task manager so that you can see what apps are running. Another cool way that you can do it is if you use your assistant, just hit the assistant button, type in task manager, and that'll pop up or say task manager and that will pop up. Seems there's a bug though. Uh, I didn't see this, but I'm not using uh, Chrome 72, Chrome OS 72. If you are and you pull up the task manager to see what resources are hogging resources, you'll find the task manager is hogging resources and it's evidently a big problem. Uh, so if you do this and you load the task manager, it may actually uh, take all your resources. You may have to reboot your machine. Um, my understanding was is uh, in my research, there's been a fix. So hopefully you have that fixed by now. But if you've not used the task manager, try that again. Search escape and look at the task manager and you can see what applications are taking your resources. Another new feature that appears to be coming to Chrome OS is something called monitor daisy chaining. So plug one in, plug another one in, and plug another one in, and you can chain uh, daisy chain monitors across Chrome OS. We'll be on the lookout for that and see when that's released. Something that is available if you're on the beta channel in Chrome 73, which is where I am right now, you now have the ability to make entire folders available offline in the file browser. I verified. The feature is available for me. It works. I went ahead and uh, made available for offline about four or five folders that I always want to have access to that data. A couple of the things I had, I have a book I'm working on. I want to make sure I had access to those in case I didn't have Wi-Fi. I have a whole file full of text files that I use just to organize information. I have uh, all the Pixel Power podcast files. I've downloaded all of those so that I have those on the go. So if you want to ensure that you have entire folders full of data available in case Wi-Fi is turned off. Go check this out. Again, just bring up files, right click on a folder, you'll see the option. It's one of the top three options. If you are a Google Fit user, Google Fit is shutting down the website version. 
so if you go to fit.google.com, that's going to be going away March 19th. They're going to focus on the Android app and the mobile experience. So if you are using the website, I don't think I've ever been to the web version. Uh, well, I say that I have because I went to see what it looked like because of this. I always use either the watch or the phone or the, um, uh, the Pixel Book. I have the uh, Fit app on the Pixel Book so I can look at my data. So, <clears throat> excuse me, my voice is starting to go here. Let me let me get a drink of water. This is this is the problem with live and not being able to edit. You're actually going to hear me take a sip of water. Enjoy. Okay, that's better. And we're almost done, so we're wrapping up. So again, uh, finalize that one. Google Fit website going away March 19th. Also, a lot of updates, a ton, ton of Android app updates this week. It seemed like every day I was seeing updates for some really core apps, ARCs, uh, the arc, the augmented reality apps, um, a lot of backend apps, just a lot of apps in general. But one that got a really big upgrade was Gboard, and that's the uh, the new keyboard or the keyboard that replaces you should be using to to replace your default. It came with a couple of new options. One of them is a clipboard manager, and um, the clipboard manager I have. But what's interesting is it doesn't work. If I clip something, it doesn't save it. The other thing about the clipboard manager that I'm looking forward to is it gives you the option to create snippets of text. So I could put in a URL that I use on a regular basis and I can save that snippet. Neither one of those are working for me. I'm not sure why. Please let me know if you have Gboard 8, if those are working for you. Uh, they are not for me. Uh, I will let you know when they do, but I hope they do soon because I'm really looking forward to using them. Another feature that came with Gboard 8 was the ability to download an 85 megabyte voice model to make voice typing faster on the Pixel phone. Uh, my guess is sometimes when you have that, that janky kind of Wi-Fi or data connection, this is going to allow you to do some offline uh, voice typing. So that should be better for us when we have those situations where the data isn't just rock solid. And I've had that happen where I would say something using voice typing, look, I don't have a, a enough signal, and then I get nothing, and it just kind of spits back at me nothing. So I'm hoping that this will take care of that and give us more on um, on phone processing. I'd love to see more of that uh, on the Pixel phone. So hopefully that's a good thing. So that's it. That is episode 14 of my on the go. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to call this episode yet. I'm thinking warts and all episode. That sounds pretty good. So let's go ahead and wrap this up. First of all, uh, again, I apologize, but because I'm traveling, the show notes will be really late. These probably show notes probably won't post until mm, I'd say Monday, Tuesday. I am going to go ahead and uh, get this show out on time or maybe a, a little bit early. I'm not sure if I'm going to post it tonight or post it and make it available. I may just stick it out there just so I know it's out there. Uh, again, be on the lookout for the show notes a little bit later, and I'll have that picture of the setup here. I'll have all the links that I told you I would have. Right now, I'm just, I've am just i got everything in a Google Keep, so all i got to do is transfer it over, and it shouldn't take too long to do that. Don't forget about the uh, new social media sites I have. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just do a search for Pixel Power Podcast. It should pop up at all of those. And again, I'll be in the studio next week. I'm not sure what we're going to talk about yet, but I have a couple ideas. It should be a focused episode again. And I'm thinking task management, but don't hold me to it. 